Thanks for watching Gencast. I am Jen Kofshu, 24 years old. I have a degree in computer science, Bachelor of Engineering. Today we are here to talk about business and lifestyle. In this first episode, we have a guest that's the face of a communism podcast. She'll be introducing herself in a minute. Hey, uh, I'm Luna Lockhart. I'm also known as the People's Bayonet. I am here from Georgia. I'm 31, of course. Uh, oh, thank see. you. Yeah. So you're from Georgia. So why did you choose that area of business? So why did you choose a communism podcast? What's your main reason? Well, I grew up middle class and then I and then the 2008 crash here in America kind of fell apart and uh, I ended up kind of uh living on disability. So I don't I'm very poor nowadays. Uh and I, it's it's exposed me to a lot of the the horrors of capitalism, especially late stage capitalism. I heard that late stage capitalism got really bad. Like lately, it's been out of control a bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think the capitalists are actually trying to fix this issue, but I think eventually be fixed. But you know, everything has a cycle, so there is actually no. I think there is no right or wrong. So I'm not hundred percent capitalist, and I am like maybe 90% capitalist and I see like, yeah, there is like a 10% error and I see the benefits mm. of communism, but I see the wrongdoings of communism as well. If you look at China and other things, it's going a bit out of hand a bit there, but that's not completely certain. So that you have seen the hardships of capitalism and this experience have actually lead you to this type of podcast to basically make your voice be heard from what I mm -hmm. understood. So what was the, like the factor where you, yeah, right now it's out of hand and I need to talk about well, it's mostly just because I I love the people of America and I love the people of the world. And it's having experienced all of that firsthand, uh, it caused me kind of a lot of distress to realize that a lot of people are dealing with the same and worse. And really, it's it just comes from a love for humanity. I, I really like that somebody has that type of opinion to respect humanity because the in the past we were like there is there was always give give and give to people but then recently it became take 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 so the business market changed from giving to taking and the people that are giving are actually doing good but and getting higher uh, status and reaching to levels that are unexpected but when you look at people that are only taking like currently you see they were only taking data 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 and now they are forced maybe to change the name or maybe they have other reasons I d i'm not completely familiar with the topic but i see like taking too much and it's gone wrong maybe oh but, yeah absolutely so what are the dominant players do you think are the dominant players in your type of podcast where you think like oh yeah this guy is a dominant player and he is like he has a state of the market is like this let's see right now in my in my field there's there's a lot of people kind of up and coming it's a lot of essayists a lot of a lot of video makers a lot of podcasters like right now um i'm working a lot with peter coffin and with caleb Bopin, who are making a lot of waves okay they are like the dominant players in your area basically uh right now yeah i think that they are the most um the most uh theoretically important and by which i don't mean like possibly important i mean important for the theoretical basis uh, the theoretical side of it and you are more the humane side of it the experience side of it you're saying um to a certain extent i mean i i also work on theory because i you have to have theory and praxis you have to have 
an understanding and you have to do something about it. Yeah, I think so. But the current stage in the world, like what you were saying, like to some people don't even have the opportunity to try the practice. Some people are only staying with the theory. So it goes back to what mm -hmm. you said before. So let's move on to the next question. I have some questions for you. So do you see any opportunity for innovation in your area of communism? Like tools that you see like, oh, if this tool exists, would have been really helpful in the area of communism oh. or this tool is showing up it's it's difficult because a lot of the tools that are that are currently uh, at our disposal like youtube and twitter like all these social media sites it's difficult for a communist or socialist message to really get out there because these tools are built for capitalism they are built to compete And so com competition tends to be the the, the driver, the motive. Uh, so it's difficult for these tools to actually get used for that. But but social media has definitely been the biggest the biggest innovation in actually getting the stuff out there. I don't agree completely with your opinion because I've seen some famous communists as well that have a, a voice. And I've seen capitalists as well. So I've listened to a bit of both. So I feel like it's not completely true, but you're an expert in your field. So maybe there is some point to what you say so move on to the next question do you see some people mm -hmm. that are small and they are coming up in your area that are having a loud voice and you see like oh yeah this guy will have an influence in uh, my field and he will be like he will be like after a while he will show up yeah absolutely uh sam dealy um so yes uh that would be sam dealy he is a good friend of mine Um, and he has been doing a lot of work in, um, in describing problems within workplaces, uh, like, like labor violations and like how negotiation happens. Uh, I think he's a very smart person. He understands he's, he's certainly not a communist. He's closer to more of an anarchist than anything, but, uh, He's 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 definitely an up and comer in the in the general left. Oh, that's interesting. Like I am far away from American politics because I'm I live in Europe, so I know the European mm -hmm. side of things. But in Europe, why we have the issue right now? There's too much communism style interaction, and we need more capitalism. We actually need companies and things, but there are no opportunities. So we have the opposite what America experiences right now. That's I'm not entirely sure about about all of that. I'm not the expert. It's only what I'm seeing from my environment. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, sorry. Uh, where what uh, where are you located generally? I'm located in the Netherlands. I moved between the Netherlands. Okay. Yeah, between Netherlands and Turkey. I see. And uh, I used to live in the UK, so I've studied in uh, ARU in Cambridge. And uh, okay. after graduating. You know, big uh, big guy happened. The world changed a bit, uh -huh. so the whole industry changed because I I have a computer background, computer science background. So after mm -hmm. a while, I decided to, as a hobby, to start this podcast, and then uh, make some okay. people's voice be heard and to see where it goes. It's like a fun project. So yeah. So next question: um, <laughs> Who are the best individuals that you worked with in the industry so you said like yeah i worked with this guy this guy but 
I worked with Is there one guy That you say like I worked with this guy And I was like Yeah his IDs are excellent And he maybe can make a difference I mean That would that would have to go back To, to Peter Coffin Because I've been I've, I've worked with I've worked with them For um, The past couple of years On the theory side Of, of, of what I'm doing Uh Um, and uh, they have helped me a lot with uh, with promotion. That's interesting. And I I think that they've got just really good ideas, even if sometimes their communication style is um, doesn't really get through. Yeah, but we humans are all different. Maybe they, yeah. they express themselves in a different way. And yeah. uh, that you went back to the same guy for for two things I asked means that the guy has really influenced you. So I think he has probably a growing name in maybe that side of... So the, the next question, because I'm, I like asking some questions and this question I think has a <laughs> bit of funny thing. So because you have started a podcast and you have experienced a bit of hardships. So what would you do if you started with zero money, no job opportunities? So you have zero opportunities. So your hands are locked. And you're like, what? And you say like, I can do this or I can't do this or... Maybe I can I can make opportunity out of this. So, what would you do with zero money and no opportunities? Uh, let's see. If I started out with nothing, um, it would be a diff it would be a bit difficult to get into my current field. Uh, just because my current field has uh, requires a computer. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I would definitely try to get back into the. I would try to get back into my field because, I mean, doing out reach and and talking to people is extremely fulfilling so i'd probably be an organizer on the ground so what you what i thought is after you said what you said it was like maybe you you could organize a bit and then gather some money and then do buy a pc and then get on with what you're doing so if you started with zero you could maybe follow a path like that but Yeah, I would probably I would probably end up back where I am because it's it really means a lot to me. <laughs> Interesting opinion, but yeah, if something means a lot, you people are willing to fight for it and do whatever it takes. Yeah. So I did that same for uh, my computer science. I did the best until I got the degree, and now I'm doing it for other opportunities and maybe even a secret project. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, What goals do you think the next generation should focus on? I think this question is on your right or your alley. It's like a question where you can maybe <laughs> push your vision to maybe someone or inspire someone. I mean, if if I were to say uh, what I've what I have in mind is the next generation should focus on um, on getting rid of imperialist capitalism and replacing the organs of industry with more effective, efficient, and humane systems uh such as i know that this is possibly uh, uh possibly controversial but uh socialism as a lower stage of communism yeah but socialism had its issues as well like if you look at certain countries like i've seen issues in socialism oh, yeah, where, where it hasn't evolved like you see like a country like turkey was a long time socialist and the only time where it actually progressed was because capitalism came so i don't think capitalism is totally wrong but i think that the governments don't project capitalism properly so they are not allowing new generation to come with up with their own version or actually maybe do something because 
what the governments do is they allow, only allow the previous guys to go up and up and up but they don't allow a new guy to come in but once in a while when a new guy comes in he becomes a sensation he becomes somebody in the media that's how i think about it maybe our opinions are yeah different. interesting uh, that, that reminds me a lot of the position of the theorist Kotsky, um, who uh, in his repudiation of imperialism was talking more towards uh, going back to more free competition um, as opposed to this oligarchic, the oligarchic nightmare of nobody can progress. And I think that's, it's a good idea but I don't think that it quite pans out simply because of the, the, the motivating factors of capitalism towards uh, concentration of capital within the control of a few. Yeah, that's a big issue that the capital is like under the same house, but I think the, what the governments, then in this case governments should maybe put their hands in their pocket and not make people get in debt, but give them opportunities. So maybe force people into that mentality rather than yeah we want you to do this but then you need to go in debt so if they do that then only the people that are rich will gonna do it because they know how to make debt into money but there are some smart people as well that know how to make debt into money as well so only a few are then progressing so rather than the many i kind of see your opinion a bit but i still feel like there are maybe more opinions uh maybe sorry if uh, governments put their hands in their pockets a bit more. Hmm. Maybe. I, um, yeah, I mean, that, that, uh, that makes sense from the, from the economist point of view at very least. Yeah. And, uh, so you said next generation should focus on, you were saying about how, how do you think they can replace that system? Um, that is, that is difficult to say on an international scale simply because it, it it does need to happen somewhat on an international scale but um i mean one of the things that i would say is is to get to get educated on on things um like at, at least a at least a certain number of people need to be need to be educated on on the actual um scary word uh the practice of revolution yeah but I don't think a revolution is the answer. I think an answer is basically maybe governments putting their hands in their pockets for, for giving people more opportunities so certain people can take advantage of it and maybe start business, Get there are certain type of people that want to play it safe and maybe force them out of that habit or mm -hmm. maybe give like the younger generation opportunities to set up new companies but companies that actually play it a bit more fairer and create more opportunities. I think there, the issue is, I think there needs to be more companies. If there are more companies, there are more jobs. That means less workers, so the workers get more value. That's how I think about it. I think that capitalism is so focused right now that people are not focused on creating many new things, but they're cre maintaining small things that already exist, so they don't allow new products or new things, many new things to go in. But that has to do with human nature, I think, because we humans don't like change. So maybe... I mean, to a certain extent, yeah. Maybe that's kind of the issue here. But 
maybe you have a point that's maybe different so this could lead i will let i will let that lie because i mean we're going to be we're going to be at different positions you're not going to be a communist i'm not going to be a capitalist at the end of this conversation you you are right on that but at least you know we shared we share opinions and we, this discussion is actually giving your point of view and me, my point of view so we are seeing both points of views so that's interesting as well from a point of discussion so now i will focus on the next question just to All calm right. down the talk and get back to from serious to relaxed again because i want to have fun and not mm -hmm. try to discuss my point so what do, is the current advice for the next generation to invest in if you say like yeah the next generation should spend their money on this or that or or they should be like i think i think it like it, if if you're wondering like what i would say to invest in um like i would say i would say community projects for the most part like uh i would say that one of the biggest things that we're going to need is things like food banks um alternate sources of of sustenance for people who can't like who are without jobs and need need food um so i think community projects is the is the biggest one yeah that's interesting so what i thought about this before oh before i go on with the topic we are no financial ad advisor or thing we are just having a talk for people that are going to take this serious just in case mm -hmm. a reminder uh, I think there should be more tech, new type of startups that focus on this type. Like I like the clean tech movement, where people go mm -hmm. towards cleaner tech, clean and clean real estate and all the other clean technologies. So making the world cleaner. So maybe the next step is human-based. So human support systems, like finding ways to make free support systems for humans. But yeah, easier. absolutely. So maybe that's like an opportunity for a startup. M maybe like a food bank where like maybe ad-based food bank or crypto-based food bank like they could do things where people actually are doing some effort and they actually get something back maybe there's like a random talk yeah. currently so I, yeah, I mean like one of the one of the biggest uh one of the biggest communist programs here in the united states was the black panthers uh breakfast program where they fed where they fed children before they went to school so that they could learn better um and i think it's it's mostly it's mostly an extension of that that same we need food kind of thing right yeah kind of it's like my opinion is like yeah they do something so they let Let's say before the children get fed, they may be like watch an ad or make use of a tool. So they actually help out the company. So it's, it's an equivalent exchange kind of thing. That's what I thought about it. But maybe, Okay. but your opinion where they fit can, children is better because children is like the next generation and the next generation is important for the human survival. So if you look at general, yeah, it's hard to put ads for children. Yeah, like it's it's hard to fit that into my ethics. I think you can do ads to adults, but yeah. to children, it's no, not. No, no, for children, it's not right. Like for adults, maybe, but for children, no, yeah. it's it's not a right opinion. I agree with you on this one. And uh, so, do you have any interesting story that you want to share with the audience? Yeah. So, um, as I as I said, uh, maybe before we started, I used I used to and still kind of uh, invest in in crypto because I don't have much money and it's relatively fun. Um, 
and I invested in 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 Shiba because it ended up on uh, it ended up on Coinbase, and then it went up a little bit, and I was like, oh yay! And I sold it, and then it skyrocketed by eight hundred percent. Yeah, that can happen. But I think maybe that's because of the mentality. So when you when I invest, what I do is like. I don't invest because of investment. What I do is I search projects that I like and that are actually going to do something in the market. Like, let's say if I buy Cardano. Cardano has lots of uses. It's fascinating. Oh, yeah. But let's say Shiba. That's one of the ones that I'm keeping. No, that's that's a smart decision. So let's say Shiba. Shiba Inu is like a coin that started as a meme coin. It's kind of still a meme coin, but they are doing things and... Right now they are burning coins. I heard that they burned maybe 50% of supply, some big amount. Wow. Yeah, yeah they, they actually burned it just to give like fair market so that everybody has a fa- fairness to compete. But however, Binance said that the most holders of Shiba tokens are the top three people that have the most. So, mm-hmm. so it's uncertain if it is fair, but Vitalik have said that they burned it to make it more fair. So it's, it's kind of a bit of both. But I believe that Shiba could at least grow because it has skyrocketed and most coins, let's be real, if they have like this amount of market movement and this amount of publicity, as well as like even the guy on the street knows what Shiba is and has mm-hmm. 50, 60 dollars in Shiba. And if you look at the supply and little bit of the tech, it's not massive tech, it means it can grow. But I am 100% bullish on another uh, token that's that is that the American uh, country has a currently a case on is Ripple. Have you heard about it? Uh-huh. Yeah, that, XRP. Yeah, due to SEC it was stopped on Coinbase, but I still hold on on my Ripple because I believe that mm-hmm. Ripple the Ripple project is basically too good of a project. I believe it has real value. So if you look uh-huh. at the speed of transactions and other things they're doing, they're making amazing network. I'm currently even looking at Polkadot. Have you heard about that? No. It's an, uh, it's an interesting project. And uh, especially they are having, I think they have their own swap as well. Like they are in one of the, um, they are in technologies like, you know, technology Uniswap, where they swap, where they put in crypto to earn percentages of it. Polkadot has a similar, uh-huh. uh, I think, platform, and especially they are having some interaction with it. But Polkadot, the Polkadot project is amazing. Like if I start telling it, I'll probably keep you one hour in. <laughs> but I'm trying to keep it short. So um, yeah, the, trying not to make this become an ad for Polkadot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh yeah, as well as uh, one more thing about Ripple. Ripple is right now uh, working together with Chainlink. Have you heard about Chainlink? Mm-hmm. Chainlink is like uh, it's a familiar name. It's in a cryptocurrency that actually, in, it's like a connection. It's like a guy that's in between. Think about it like that. Uh-huh. That allows you to l- convert Ethereum to Bitcoin, Bitcoin to Ethereum, so and other coins. And Ripple has mm-hmm. joined that as well. So that's interesting. So it's like, a, a see it as like a virtual exchange. Like, do you know the old exchange where you put in euros, you get dollars? Oh, yeah. I see it like that. Maybe it's not completely like that, but it's similar. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, and especially in the crypto space, like you have, I've heard about uh, 
that Stellar and Visa are working together. Like Stellar, I was not expecting of that. Oh, really? Yeah, because there are certain coins that are moving really fast. And I think the future yeah. is, I think it's crypto. Maybe not this form, but maybe another form. Maybe it still needs time to grow. It's still in this early uh, stages. May it's, it was the same with the internet. In its early stages, people didn't like it. People looked down on people that were on the internet. In my time, it was like, oh, you're using websites? They're like, oh, bit of a geek. Um, they're playing games. But then after a while, it became acceptable. And then a while later, things that for my generation was a bit geeky became like normal. So I think the same will mm -hmm. happen with crypto. Right now, everybody's jumping into crypto. But I think that there are people that are jumping in are still missing some nice projects. Uh -huh. So... What's your opinion? It was a bit of a long rant. On, uh, I mean, yeah, I think I think that the the next stage of things is definitely is definitely crypto. Um, I'm hoping that my prediction is wrong, but I predict that crypto will be the driver of the next market crash. Um, just because it's gaining power, um, I see that in like maybe ten years we'll actually see the the bubble. We'll see a bubble burst and it might it might stabilize after that i'm not sure i think it's like the early stages you know the early stage of stock market where people could uh, even uh, put 10 pounds and or euros or dollars and earn like massive amounts of money i think it's like mm -hmm. that it's like the early early stage of it it's like the early stage of it and currently it's i think it's getting to a point where it will grow and maybe even reach a point where it maybe becomes sustainable for people to trade it and i think in the future crypto could crash because of governments and all the other things because certain governments i think they wish that crypto wouldn't even exist some yeah. of them yes because it makes a free market a market where the banks don't own it basically the banks are not the owner there is no middleman to an extent yeah there's 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 a lot less of the uh traditional financial institutions in crypto just because it's it's not currently a hundred percent stable which means that they're staying away from it yeah but in the start like no market is stable and crypto is not going to be stable because crypto is more people influenced than all the other markets and i think the crash that you were saying i don't think it's not only going to be crypto because america is printing massive amounts of money that's absurd How oh much, yeah like if they don't stop it it will affect other countries as well. Like, you know, the Turkish lira is massive inflation as well. It's like, I think because of the dollar as well, because they are handling in dollars, most businessmen there. So it affects the Turkish lira as well. Yeah, absolutely. We have a bit of an outsized impact on the world economy. That's the issue with the US market. It affects like even the, the euro as well. But I think inflation will maybe cause an eventual crash because it needs to be. Or they're going to inflate it more. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. It's like, it's really risky their next step is like yeah and i feel like yeah it's hard to predict because it's irrational and i don't think like no american president or no president wants to be known of the president that made the bubble burst or the decision to make it go bad because then you will be remembered in history for that action mm -hmm. i personally wouldn't do it myself like if i was a president <laughs> i wouldn't take that action i'll be like let the next guy do it yeah absolutely it's kind of a bad thought but let's look at the human side Nobody wants to be remembered <laughs> in a bad way. 
Yes, absolutely. Like people really need to people really need to to consider that legacy is a part of everyone's is a part of most people's calculations and doing things. Like, is this going to look bad for me in the long run? Maybe I shouldn't do it then. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's the reason we have like opinions. Like certain people, I maybe support capitalism, and you support communism. Because you support it, you are thinking about the legacy, what you will leave behind. Like maybe for the next generation to maybe not deal with the issue or like that type of thing. Yeah, just to to a large extent, I don't much care if my name sticks around, but I do hope that I have an impact on the next generation. No, I understand your point. For me, it's like I want to make jobs, make opportunities. So I want to make opportunities by mm-hmm. building stuff and giving people job opportunities. That's how mm-hmm. I think about it, because I think for me, the action is if I if I can do something myself and make opportunities for people, the more the better. So if I can make three companies where more people can work, then I'm creating opportunity and creating more chances for people to work on them. That's mm-hmm. how I think about it. Because yeah, that's a that's a pretty a pretty common stance, I think. Because I've seen lots of people that don't want to work as well. They want to be fed the money, and I don't think that's right as well. Because That's like Mm. taking the easy way out. Brains Mm. are like wired to take always the easy way out because it's survival instinct. Yeah. You give people like an opportunity where they can take the easy way out, they will feed of it. Like in the past in the Netherlands, because the government was paying, there were people that were actually abusing it. Yeah, use it for themselves. And we heard many people that the police came to their house or that the government sent a lawyer or did some action against those people on the news many times. So it it has this good and this bad as well. I think it should be like that's yeah. the, that's the good thing about the Netherlands um, system is it's only when people are sick and they cannot do anything anymore or they are at the point where mentally or they have like a certain thing that makes them unable. So then they get like oh, yeah. support from the government. Yeah, like I'm like I'm disabled. I live on on disability right now. It's not very much money. I do still have to rely on other people, but that is currently the situation I'm I'm dealing with. Yeah, it's and I'm hoping that I can like God. It's it's very precarious because if you work too much, they take away your disability, which I absolutely need because I cannot work very much. Yeah, it's a difficult issue. Yeah, sad to hear. But yeah, the, that's the issue with the world. They don't they don't let those people go out. They mm-hmm. want them to be restricted, but then they're forcing you to be restricted. So basically, you're forced to take what they want. But normally, a person yeah. should be free, whatever state he is, to be able to work. And if they if the person wants it, they should be able to do it. But they shouldn't be restricted by the government. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm happy to have this chat, your opinion and things, your experience. You have experienced a lot in life. Not yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful having this conversation. I don't get to have very many conversations, so I, I take the chances when I can. That's fine. We are all different and most of people, I know people that are not of human interaction. There are people that are fan of human interaction. The world has changed. Like I think we humans have evolved more than we are in the past. We are we evolved in a divergent way. So we are not anymore similar in action, but we are different in many ways. This is not like mm-hmm. the past. We are not the caveman or the man of the dark ages, of the man of the Islamic age, or the man of the Christian age, or the Judas age. We are the man of a different age right now. Affected by religious point of view anymore, I think. We are affected more about idealistic point of view. Maybe that's my opinion. Or ideological, yeah. yeah I would say idealistic is more about, uh, is more about idealism versus materialism, but that's that's the philosophical point of view so 
Yeah, yeah but the thing with like about most capitalists is they are not doing it for materialism. They are doing it to learn, to improve. But they put maybe the wrong people as their CEOs in certain cases. That mm-hmm. that because what I realize is certain CEOs they come as a worker and they are not willing to take many risks. Like if you look at certain tech companies, they they haven't changed. Like tech hasn't mm-hmm. improved in a in a nice way. Yeah. When, because people don't like change. They're taking steps back. But then you see certain people that trying to take steps forward and they get stopped. Mm-hmm. So I. And yeah, one of the things in um, in the uh, the book that I'm currently reading through, uh, imperialism, the hi- the highest stage of capitalism, um, it's talking about um, these international combines that buy patents and then just keep the patents and don't use them because it it would cost them more cost them more money to retool their existing production. Uh, than it would to just buy the patent and kill it, uh, and this happens. This happens uh, somewhat frequently with tech companies, which is, I think, why we don't see a whole lot of innovation coming out of them. I get that point of view, but the thing is, like these people are doing business, so what they're trying to do is, they're trying to optimize their gain as well as do innovation. But to a certain point, it is right. Their innovation has stopped. Has I think it's not because of capitalism. I think it's because of the way the upper guys are thinking. I think people on top are currently resting. They have made lots of gains, but they don't want innovation because innovation could disrupt their earnings. So certain people are mm-hmm. maybe thinking that way, but that's for the next generation to take those steps. So it's for us to learn new ways of money. That's the reason that crypto came and other things came because they came because of these issues, I think. Mm-hmm. and. I don't think it could be necessarily imperialistic, but I think there needs to be innovation, and it needs to be soon. Yeah, imperialism in this case is a very specifically defined thing. It's I, I wouldn't want to get into it right now because I would literally be here for six hours, and I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I understand it. It's it's like the same with me with crypto. If I go into crypto or technology stuff, I can talk for a. Uh, 24 hours and I would, I would still have another topic so I understand your point yeah but it's really interesting to hear your point of view and at least the imperialistic one I understand that our points of view are a bit of mixing at like at the, my point of there is no innovation and your point of yeah maybe it's a bit of imperialism but maybe mm-hmm. it's because the companies are playing on the human habits so they don't want to give too many new things they want to do it slowly but maybe once in a while, I think this has the two with the Moore's law as well. Do you know Moore's law? Uh, oh, that reminds me. It sounds extremely familiar. Moore's law is every two years, a computer transistors doubles. So rather than every, yeah, yeah, yeah. every two years to actually have a big change in the tech world, maybe every five years, force one big innovation. So have like a gap. So actually these companies are forced to innovate. Because I feel like the CEOs on top, have done their mission and they don't know what to do next. Mm. Yeah, right now the CEOs are just trying to make sure that they have the they have a good next qu- they have a good quarter and a lot of the time they just they they pass the buck on to the next person and they don't end up innovating. Yeah. That's what I like like with Microsoft. They started innovating a while ago. They innovated a bit and I was like, "Okay, they're going to the good side." But then they halted down. They stopped the innovation a bit. So I feel like I think it's like the companies are like, oh yeah, we have done our mission. What do we do next? So maybe they should maybe hand it down or maybe find a way to actually force some innovation, I think. 
maybe that's like the solution to maybe both of our problems. Yeah, I would say that uh, that like breaking up big monopolies is a big part of all of this. Like whether uh, whichever direction it goes, I think breaking up monopolies is the is the next is the next step. I don't think breaking up is the answer because let's say you break it up, the issue would be these companies can just make a holding and then put their companies underneath a holding or oh let's they don't break it up. They can't find other ways. There are so many ways, other countries and other opinions. It actually would make it worse to try to break up certain companies because they have done it with Google. Google have made an, another company on top, put the rest underneath it, and they fix their issue. So I think breaking up is not the issue. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not the solution. Mm. So what I think is maybe a solution is like maybe force them to innovate once in a while. So actually have like another rule, or maybe like let some people speak out maybe so actually have like live talk once in a while where they need to innovate so put them like a, a rule uh -huh. like a presentation because in the past you know certain companies they actually hooked people up with innovation yeah like the one of my favorite my one of my favorite um projects is the bell laboratories here in the united states do you know about them no i don't know about the project interesting okay so bell bell laboratories um invented our phone system and they also invented Unix. Oh, Unix, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I remember that. They invented Unix. Yeah, they, one of my favorite projects because uh, it was a combine. It absolutely was a combine, but it was a combine that was meant specifically to make innovations, which is, I think, the, the only way to really run any kind of combine. Interesting. So we, that's the same with open source. Open source was like, yeah, fix yourself, don't wait. It's like similar. Yeah, to a certain extent. Uh, the the only real difference is that Bell Labs had a whole bunch of funding, that's and true. open source doesn't have as much funding. No, there are certain open source projects that actually are funded well. But some of them, yeah. Yeah, you you are right on that. Like currently, it's more like it's a mix of both. Like companies open source their project so that developers will build on it, but they are not making it fully open source, so they have the control. But it's actually they have like three people working for them because they're hyped about it. That's, it's kind of like uh, SUSE and SUSE Enterprise, OpenSUSE and SUSE Enterprise, because the Novell, I believe, has the, has the enterprise version of, has SUSE Enterprise, which is a version of Linux. I know. And then there's the open source version, and that's, that one's actually developed by the community, and a lot of those developments end up going into the enterprise version yeah but it's always like that with companies they make use of the people it's it's like the people are allowing it saying they allow these companies to be better but there is nothing uh, we can do about it the developers love yeah. it i think that's the reason i think that the next step i think that development has become too expensive to go into currently i think in the current state i think that the people will and the people will both move to cybersecurity, ai and maybe cloud that's what i think mm -hmm. that's very possible i think that the next uh real big innovation is just going to be blockchain stuff yeah blockchain as well although blockchain and cloud is it's difficult to really to draw a hard dividing line between the two yeah blockchain is technically a database it's basically a storage yeah. of data but they actually transformed it and actually made a currency so it's interesting yeah. to see how far they can extend it but I think with NFTs and all the other stuff, I think it's slowly reaching a limit. Maybe it will get mm -hmm. one more boom, one more revolution. Maybe it will be a new coin. 
it actually takes a bit on all of them but mm-hmm. I think it's slowly reaching a point where we'll maybe have one more big leap or we'll be stagnate for a while mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm looking forward to the next leap I my prediction is in the next two years there's going to be a big a big leap forward on that I think probably gonna be but we don't know we are only speculating currently so <laughs> yeah there's only so much you can speculate on yeah yeah but I'm uh, following the Shiba community. I'm bullish on Shiba currently. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm keeping all my Shiba, even if it goes to zero or goes to a million. I hope it goes to a million. Oh, yeah. So jokes aside, thanks for the conversation. So any messages to anyone before we leave? And where can people find you? You can find me at peoplesbayo.net. So peoplesbayonet.net. So peoplesbayo.net. My sources, my transcripts, and ways to fund my operation as well as ways to contact and my my main message is solidarity forever interesting message and uh, thank you for uh, joining this podcast and uh, sure i'm happy to meet you Cass, wonderful to meet you too thanks for uh, joining gencast <laughs> thank you